0: It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella. It is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am joined, as always, by Evan and Elisa. Hi, guys. I missed you. Hello! I like the pre-show. I like the music. I like pre-show. Everything. Oh, my God. It, the YouTube royalty-free library brought it this week. We were vibing. Just the, the real high point of the show. I feel like we started strong and we're never going to be able to reach that magic for the next hour. Now nah, we're good. Uh, you guys look effervescent today. I feel like you're glowing because you're in an excellent mood. You were telling me that uh, yesterday you guys were streaming and you got <laughs> rated. So you had a huge audience for your stream last night.
1: Yes, so uh, shout out to Moxie, um huge member of the Borderlands community, who I guess was streaming at around the same time that we were live to an audience of a couple hundred, to 300 folks, and sent them on over in the middle of a song. And I almost forgot the words of all the things, because that's <laughs> literally the most people I've ever played to in my entire life. <laughs> so
0: you didn't play it cool at all? No. <laughs>
1: That would, no. that would be
2: against brand, right? That's, that, that's true. true.
1: That is A, against brand, and, and, and B, against Twitch best practices. You have to freak out at pretty much every opportunity.
0: Well, if we ever get raided, I will promise to freak out. I will not play it even <laughs> the least bit cool. No one's ever rating this Somebody program. quick rate us with one person. Right. <laughs> Given our normal viewership, I feel like if we got to double digits, that would constitute a raid in our universe. <laughs> oh, man. So good to see you guys. we got a great show. I'm so uh, excited sorry. for tonight.
1: One sec, though. Before we start, I do have to say, speaking of greats, Jean writes in, in the chat, digging that pullover, Ryan. Just wanted to give you a little bit of a compliment I'm glad- ahead of the rest of the show.
0: I'm glad you got another shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I-, I wanted to mix it up. I've been doing a lot of starched, pressed, uh, collared, button-down shirts. I figured I'd go with the pullover this Weird, was this was a wife <laughs> wife selection of course which probably explains why it's Thank getting sure. a lot of positive feedback anything that ryan selects is not going to get it done with the viewers but uh you know wife made a good choice on this one i think that seems to she's, be the impression i'm getting from the chat she's a smarty yeah shouts oh. to her yes indeed uh, great okay so as i was saying uh, <laughs> b- before i was so objectified there uh, we have a fantastic <laughs> show this week uh or uh, joining us as our guest coming up after the break, Brian Wilkins. Love this guy. He helped us out with the telethon last year. Amazing music manager, friend of the indie artist, which is not normally a term that I would often use to describe music managers, but I will for Brian because he's got his heart in the right place. He's super bright. He he works with the University of Miami. So, you know, we ah! <laughs> we love this guy. He's awesome. And he's going to talk to us in addition to being to talking to us about indie artist empowerment, which is really his area of expertise and just something he lives by, he's going to talk to us about NFTs. Because NFTs have been all over the place. I'm struggling to learn about them. Uh, the industry won't shut up about them. And so Brian's going to answer all of our questions about NFTs, including but not limited to what the hell are NFTs? So we're excited for that in the next segment. Yay. 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 <laughs> Uh, but And we'll also talk Grammys. we got a lot of great stuff to talk about. And uh, I do want to talk about NFTs a little bit in the top of the show here and to talk about what little I do know about it. But first, guys, I wanted to tell you a quick personal thing that happened to me hmm. just today that I found out about. Um, okay. a, I'm finally getting far enough in my legal career that I'm starting to do things that other lawyers could actually care about could actually mention. And so mm. a, a trademark lawyer, a trademark professor named Alexandra Roberts, who is the coolest trademark lawyer on Twitter. I'll say it now. Granted, that's probably being like valedictorian of summer school, but she is really cool. I adore her. And she's a trademark professor at UNH. She's super cool. And she did a talk at Vanderbilt recently where she talked about a trademark that I worked on. Oh, oh no. I did. Yes, exactly. Excited. So I am now officially part of, like, legal, the Law Academy discourse. Uh, I yes. I worked with a group of lawyers to get a trademark registration. And whenever I say this, people think I'm kidding. I just broke trademark? the
2: trademark, huh? I'm in trouble. <gasps> What's that? Ryan, represent me. I I, I said the <laughs> thing. Oh, because you
0: just said the trademark. Yeah, it'll cost you yeah. like a hundred yeah. I worked with a team of lawyers <laughs> that got a registered trademark for the sound that Pitbull makes in the beginning of all of his songs. Uh, I would ask Evan to do it again, but I know he's afraid to do it now because he yeah, thinks no. he's going to get in trouble. My lawyer works for the other guy. I can't do it here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did mine like a half is, step up. Does, yeah. Is that fine? Does that count? <laughs>
0: That's right. You won't you get in trouble there?
1: Because it, 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 yeah. Well,
0: it turned out that this, this trademark <laughs> registration, in addition to being hilarious, it, yes. it, it also <laughs> yes. represents yes. Co- kind of an interesting new development in trademark law because, you know, tr- sounds being trademarks is nothing new. There are examples of sounds as trademarks. The, the uh, For example, the clicking sound that TiVo makes when you click between channels ah. is a registered trademark. You know,
1: is the SVU doink? Doink. Is the a registered N- trademark because it should be. If I have it's not. to look that
0: one up. The but the NBC chimes. Speaking of Law and Order, the NBC chimes, the GEC standing mm-hmm. for General Electric Corporation. You know, a lot of people don't know that. That is a registered trademark. It's actually one of the first registered sound trademarks. But this pitbull sound trademark is the first time that a sound trademark is was used as a registered trademark for musical sound recording. So a sound trademark within a musical sound recording. To my knowledge, we were the first ones to do it. So we wrote a paper on it. And by we, I mean we actually had Pitbull as a co-writer, which is hilarious. I, I share so a, a author block with him. Oblished. Professor 305, as we call
2: it's it. It's like 9.125 cents every time somebody reads it. Is that how that works? Absolutely. Yeah, you, no. How <laughs>
0: you have to split that between all the writers? Um, how many producers are on this? <laughs> I'm sure Max Martin's getting a check. <laughs> oh, well, everything in the music industry, Max Martin's getting a check eventually. Without a doubt. But it, it's like I, I was really proud of it. I loved how it turned out. And the fact that like cool professors like alexandra Roberts are talking about it, it just made my day. Um anyway, let's
2: Did she say you were an asshole for doing it in the first place? What she did. It was page? right there
0: at the top of the tweet. <laughs> Uh, why is that jerk making yells a trademark? Now everybody's going to have to pay yeah. 10 bucks every time, yell, every time anyone yells. That's not what mm-hmm. it means, viewers and listeners. Look <laughs> at me, okay? You're still allowed to yell. I'm not the guy who took yells away. Unlike, <sighs> unlike what lots of people have suggested on Twitter, I am doing. That's not what we did at all. This is a you know, very narrow trademark, but it's pretty cool. And by the way, it opens up the door for a lot of musicians. There are a lot of artists out there. Who have sound signatures within their songs that could function as trademarks. What does Jason Derulo do at the beginning yeah. of every Jason song? Jason DeRolo. Right. There's no Mike reason Will why... made
1: it. What? Yeah. Actually, producers um on rap songs, what usually Doctor. you'll hear is yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Eat Live, you know, um, Lil Juke made it or like right. Mike Will made it, like all of those um Kind of sound prints at the beginning of Map Act music, like all of those sound prints, right. actually. So now imagine
0: a scenario where somebody wants to make you think that that artist, you know, that, that, uh, that, uh, what was that producer you were talking about?
1: Um, uh, Just... Mike Will made it, right? Or Rick so now Ross imagine
0: or... if another producer wanted to trick people into thinking that Mike Will made their song because it helped get would help get them clout and they use that sound trademark in the beginning of the song that <sighs> would create consumer confusion, which is what we attempt to reduce in trademark law. So this is something that could potentially protect a lot of creators by sort of keeping their, their signature sounds within songs so that consumers know, oh, I'm about to listen to a Jason Derulo song. I'm about to listen to a Soldier Boy song, because I just heard Soldier Boy tell him at the beginning of the song. <laughs> um, how, you know.
1: how granular can you get with that? Can you, like, trademark the... yeah? Like, at the end of every syllable, like, if you were James Hetfield, if you... Mm. <laughs> well, <I'm out>. No!
0: <laughs> well, you'd have Can to be able to that? prove to the, the trademark office that the sound is incredibly distinctive. So, oh. as part of the process with Pitbull, and we wrote all about this in our paper, so it's not like I'm giving you any privileged information here. We had to prove to the trademark office that that sound, that very unique yell is, you know, indicative of Pitbull. And we submitted a lot of evidence to that point and, and the trademark office was convinced. So if you're, you know, if, if, if all you did in a song was go, yo, the trademark office is going to say, like, you don't own that. That's not distinctive to you. And so you can't get a mm. trademark for that. So don't worry, okay? We're not trademarking the English language, people. Okay. But I thought okay. it was interesting um, just getting a name. Just the fact that I got mentioned by a law... It's the first time in my life I've been mentioned by a law professor in a kind way, because my whole life, my relationship <laughs> with law professors <laughs> is me disappointing them in the classroom, me, a, them asking me a question, me doing a terrible answer of that question and them shaking their head and wondering how I got admitted to said law school. So this is a welcome change of pace that law professors actually mentioned my name in a in a positive capacity.
2: It sounds like music school, too. Good for you. Wait, this just sounds like school.
0: <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's a lot of. I mean, I, I've seen the movie Whiplash, and so I, I think that law professors and music professors are probably the same in that regard. Uh, I've also had a drumstick thrown at my head uh, in the in my contracts class. So, uh, why does I,
2: your contract teacher have drumsticks?
0: Because uh, J.K. Simmons was my contracts professor. So that's oh yeah, it was great. Offer, acceptance, and consideration.
3: Oh wow, actually, it's a pretty good J.K.
0: Simmons impression. I probably can't replicate <laughs> that, was that. A, a quick trademark. wait for it all right perfect thank you i wanted to mention one other thing here um it let's file this under the break the business talks about it and then it happens in the music industry file so Mm. house of representatives voted today uh on the uh the new american rescue plan which is going to extend the mixed earner benefits for uh mixed earner many of whom are are content creators until september 6th now it's a win because it gives us six more months of this benefit which is so important for creators as we talked about a few weeks ago but it does not increase the amount we were that was something that was being considered and uh so the law did get passed thanks joe manchin but the increase in the benefit didn't happen thanks joe manchin and and so but we'll take the good with the bad i guess also, speaking of stuff that we've talked about on this program before, user centric royalties. SoundCloud has announced that they are going to shift to a user centric royalty model for their streaming services for their indie creators. So, you know, it begins.
1: However, isn't that. Why did I say that it was. Um, I. Of course, did not look enough of this up before actually making this point um, in a smart way. But I also heard that it wasn't a hundred percent super great because I think you might have to distribute your stuff like maybe exclusively. I hope it's not exclusively through SoundCloud in order to I think be able have, to. You benefit. have to sign
0: up for some kind of special program with them. Because mm. you're you're right. I did hear some pay to play.
1: Come on.
0: <laughs> I did hear some like negative vibe. Around Twitter mm-hmm. like you know that happens sometimes where yeah you know you, you can sort of s- like smell it in the Twitter air that there's something negative about a story but you can't really pinpoint what it is I know that there's something there in preparing for this I couldn't remember what it was to be honest but but like I, I I'm taking the long view on this okay I, I'm happy that this started with one streaming service and because what it means is that we can start collecting data. Because what they're always saying is, you know, there, there is a sh- strong group out there that's saying that user-centric royalties aren't actually going to help indie creators. I don't believe that. but That's a lie. Yeah, you know, That's I, a lie I, to keep Spotify rich. That's what I'm—I'm That's I'm with you, my man. That's what I'm wow. thinking. That's but the now, truth. But now we get to collect data on it, and hopefully from this SoundCloud experiment, we can get some real insight as to whether this is a better payment model. We should probably take a step back for the new people here. And by the way, I think we just got up to uh, double digits on the— uh, on the viewership. So we're being raided, people. Hi. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, just so just to, to give everybody a step back for those of all, for those, many of you who are new to the show now, uh, difference between the way that streaming royalties are done now, where everybody's payments, all your, all our Spotify payments, all our Apple Music payments that we all pay our $9.99 or $13.99 for the family plan, whatever, it all goes into a big pot. And then Spotify takes their cut, and then whatever's left. The proportion of the amount of times that your music was streamed relative to all the music in the world, you get that percentage. So if your music was streamed 10% of the time on Spotify, you get 10% of the money. That model, it is theorized, hurts indie artists because the top 40 artists tend to just get played all day on you know, playlists and yoga studios and things like that. And so the Ed Sheerans do really well in that model, whereas the indie artists, like the folks I'm talking to right now on the other side of this window here... You know, I might listen to you you. all day, and I have done that, and you don't get very much of my money because of that, because all the money has to go into a giant pool. What user-centric royalties does is it treats every single Spotify listener, Apple Music listener, SoundCloud listener as their own pool. And so if I do nothing but listen to Evan and Elisa's band Crimson for a whole month, I've done it, they would get... All of the money that I spend minus whatever the streaming services cut is. I think that model is better for indie creators, and I'm hoping that Spotify's approach is going to bear that out.
2: I still want to know what the streaming services cut is. <gasps> Me too, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if it's nine ninety nine and they take nine ninety eight of it, who cares how they divvy it up?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's right. going to be my point on this every time. Uh, yeah, Spotify is going to stay wealthy. Evan's been remarkably (laughs) consistent in his views on streaming services. Thank you. And it's one of the most delightful things about his personality. I don't know if that's the (laughs) truth, but I enjoy (laughs) it. I like you like streaming service curmudgeon is one of my favorite uh, vibes that you put out on this program. Streaming service payout curmudgeon. We'll we'll be specific here. Yeah. That's right, because as you've said, you like streaming services. You like being able to call up your magic phone rectangle and have it play any song you want. You just want artists to be paid fairly. Yeah, Yeah. We're with you on that. Why is that so hard? That's it. So we're going to talk to (laughs) Brian Wilkins about NFTs uh, after the commercial break, but I did want to just break down a little bit, enough about NFTs to tell you guys this hilarious NFT news that I have uh, discovered, I've unearthed. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens, okay? These are... Digital currencies like, I guess, Bitcoin or something that can hold assets, uh, artistic assets like music or portraits or, as we've seen, uh, Nyan cats or NBA clips of guys you know, making three-pointers or things like that. But what makes these assets interesting is that you can, ha- you can make it so that the NFT is a unique piece, so it's a non-fungible, so unique, you know, one of them. And that uniqueness can be verified on a public blockchain, which means that you can prove that the version of the, of the work of art that you have is 100% unique, even if there are other copies of that work. So similar to when a painting is an original painting, but there may be copies of said painting. So having an NFT of a work of art is like having a collectible, and it can have value. Uh, and because it's on a blockchain, it can have uh, easily published value that fl- fluctuates like a stock. It can go up and down. And it can be sold to others if it accumulates in value like any collectible does. And the cool thing is, because it's set up on this blockchain network, you can actually set it in a way where if the NFT is ever sold, that a portion of that sale would automatically get paid to the original artist. So I mean, that's a way for an art. If an art keeps appreciating in value, there's a mechanism for the artist to keep making money off it. So I think it's great. I I think it's interesting. I should say. I mean, it's it's so it's so. I mean, I think it's great in the abstract. Whatever happens of it, God only knows, because I don't know nearly enough about this. But I think it's great because there's some hilarious NFTs out there that have already come about. So you can so the NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet on first Twitter tweet. is currently valued at two and a half million. And this one, uh, Azalea Banks, the rapper, yes, has an S. <laughs> Lisa's already knows where I'm going with this. Put, has released an NFT of an audio sex tape that she created called, uh, and I'm gonna have to bleep here. I bleeped "Writer <laughs> Rips." This is an audio recording, and it comes with a vinyl version to you know for the hipsters
1: ah. that that comes warmth. along with the NFT. It's the warmth yeah, of yeah. the sound. Yeah. yeah. You know everybody that you everybody
0: says that <laughs> Azalea Banks uh, bleeping rider Rips" always sounds better in the original vinyl. Uh, and apparently, this NFT just sold for over twenty-two thousand dollars. So there's something here. There's there's value at least now. And it's it's the wild west and it's crazy. But really, what it represents, guys, to me is just one more example of sort of how there are just new revenue streams emerging for artists every day. Uh, in the New York Times yesterday or today, Taylor Lorenz, uh, yes, who is um what's his name tucker carlson's just favorite obsession lately for some reason i don't know what is going on with that but she she wrote an article today that was talking about this platform called new new have you guys oh heard God, about this this
1: is fucking horrifying sorry i cursed but it is <laughs> mad horrifying bleeping
0: horrifying
1: it is bleeping horrifying do you know enough about this to talk about it or <sighs> well it's it's the idea of so as as a as a content creator who also does stuff on on twitch and is sort of familiar with the kind of thing that sometimes we'll do on a live show where we've done it before where it's like oh um we hit this amount of you know xyz i'm gonna do something silly we hit this x donation goal you know i'm gonna shave my head for charity or whatever um what if what if Every decision I ever made, I was like, hey, y'all, should I do a smoky eye look today or should I do my traditional red lip? And then y'all can actually literally like pay to vote for that choice and guide basically every decision of a creator's life. Because that's not dystopian at all. People be getting the wrong lessons from Black Mirror. They're like, oh, that's cool. We should try that. No, (laughs) that is not what that show is. (laughs) No, no,
0: no. Yeah, But there are already influencers and YouTube stars and TikTok stars that have started using this platform, Nunu, which basically facilitates this pay-to-vote, you-get-to-pick-every-decision-I-make-in-my-life-as-a-creator structure. But the real Black Mirror part of this is that, uh, at least the article suggested, this might not end with Entertainers and influencers, but that we all might be getting on this platform someday and letting others control our lives for money. I'll do a smoky eye for fifty bucks. Let's do this. <laughs> See, Heaven's not as horrified about this. he's like I, I could okay. use fifty
2: bucks. How about that? <laughs> I,
1: mean, I think you'd look great. Yeah, you, I'll sell
2: you the NFT <laughs> of my smoky eye for five hundred thousand dollars. We've Let's all, just, I, I, we've I, all I done like more embarrassing eyes. things for
0: fifty bucks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> close. Close. <laughs> Done more embarrassing things for free.
0: <laughs> Evan Woodrock
2: is smoky eye. God, what? No, I don't like things close to my eyeballs. At least I tried to do eyeliner on There social life. <laughs> yeah, right. We should just go to the break. Huh?
0: Oh goodness gracious!
2: Before we yeah. go to the break,
0: <laughs> um, I I, I want to throw this out here. Like, do do a quick little just state of the pop culture uh, world for all three of us. Mainly because I am just champing at the bit to, and apparently that is the way to say it. I've always thought it was chomping at the bit. It's champing at the bit. Y'all can look it up. I have right? been champing. I know, it doesn't even sound right. Even like coming out of my mouth, it doesn't sound right. To do some more, like I love the, the live stream. This is great. I want to do more stuff in this space. I love the Twitch community and just super cool. And um, I want to get into gaming. And I think uh, doing some things to stream gaming sounds super exciting. I uh, actually have the the Xbox sitting right here. I was doing some testing on it through StreamYard, getting some games up and running. I think it'd be really fun to do some things where we play some games, talk music industry, bring in the community. I'm super stoked about this. I know that MLB The Show is coming out, and yes, Evan, the Trash Pandas are in the game. Stop. No, you can play stop. as the Rocket City Not. Trash Pandas. When
2: When does the game come out? April, just before baseball season. So the 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 digital trash pandas are
0: gonna play a game before the actual <laughs> trash pandas. They have yet to play a game. Oh my no. The, the digital trash pandas have already been playing games. So because the uh the you're gonna Okay, we should probably explain. <laughs> Listeners, Evan doesn't isn't really a huge baseball fan, but has this weird Don't. obsession with this minor league baseball team in weird Texas? No, no. they're in oh Missouri? Rocket City. Alabama Alab- something something with rockets. So it has to be like it, it's huntsville, huntsville. I believe. huntsville i just Element. looked it up i looked it up like three those. days ago which is so, yeah. sad this minor home. league baseball team called the rocket city trash pandas and evan's obsessed with them because i guess their their mascots are raccoon and because you no know, trash pandas, uh, Guardians the trash of the Galaxy. pandas. but Phew. they haven't played a game yet because the pandemic and none of the minor league baseball teams have played but i actually went on the trash pandas website evan you're gonna love this they've been playing a whole digital season <laughs> where they've, their team has been playing other teams on MLB The Show, That's and their adorable. announcer calls the games, and you can watch them online.
2: That's really so good. Can... I guess we already hired this guy for the year, so I mean... put him in a booth with a microphone. Exactly and right. Watch I Xbox. mean, if
1: they're a salaried exempt employee, you might as well get all the juice <laughs> That's can. essential
0: right there. Woof so right but right <laughs> but we're, we're uh, but you know and mlb the show by the way is now coming to xbox for the first time in years so i'll finally be able to play this game because i've never been a ps person i've been an xbox person uh,
1: madison alabama madison Al- the there's pack.
0: a madison yes. alabama All right. i'll take your word yep. for it sure checks out um but so i'm excited i, I want to see if we can you know find some ways to get some gaming in and just keep doing twitch stuff like that you cause... just want to lose to me at madden that's fine <gasps> so bad <gasps> No, I'm terrible
2: at Madden. Never mind. Let's bring back NFL Blitz, and then I'll just destroy you. Oh, God. You were so good. No, I can't I'm still so good. Stop it. I can't
0: even get indignant with you. Like, I'm not even going to come at you and be like, oh, my God. No, I could so take you in NFL Blitz. I really can't. A a big part of my teenage into young adult life has been just stamped, characterized by you whooping my ass at (laughs) NFL Blitz. And and, not just you.
2: Like, there's a lot of people just like you. They're (sighs) They there's, might have like a whole a group. Get together. Yeah, there's a
0: support group. We meet once yeah. a week. Yeah. And and the worst part about it with when you when you play me in NFL Blitz is not only do you beat me, but you beat me with like the scrub teams. Yeah. You'd get I like play with the players the Dolphins you know, the, or the 2001 <laughs> era Chicago Bears who were atrocious and oh. you would just crush me in this game. But yeah. You know, I'll tell you the play I'm running before I do it, too. Oh, my God. You, left totally and right left. you totally mm-hmm. would. You oh, totally would. I like God. that split play. You know what? I don't even want to ask you what pop culture stuff you're watching or doing right now because you put me in a crowd. <laughs> I'm just, thinking about, <laughs> just <laughs> thinking about Blitz. We're just thinking about Blitz. We're just we're just going to go to break, and Brian Wilson's going to come up next. How about that?
2: <laughs> you said Brian Wilson. I like that. Brian part.
0: Wilson. Brian Wilkins. The <laughs> I was going to
2: make a joke earlier. like, and now let's, You said something about God Only Knows, and I'm like, no, let's go to the guy who wrote God Only Knows. <laughs> Good stuff. No?
1: I'm sure, I get that all the time. I know, that's
0: really sad. Brian Wilkins, I, I get, coming up next on Break the Business. Ryan Corella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida.
1: Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life.
0: Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at BreakTheBusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan Kair, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Thanks, me. We are back, folks, and now our guest is coming in right now. He is a music manager, a terrific indie music manager. He's the founder of 137 Entertainment, and just so excited to have him here. Brian Wilkins here on Break the Business. Hey, Brian.
3: Hey. Great to be here. Great. I guess I should throw up the uh, the U yeah. sign, just, just, right? Uh, you right? right? Should we do that?
0: Welcome to win. throw Woo. up the U. Should we, should we do that at any time? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, there is no situation where throwing up the U is not warranted right? and beloved, <laughs> and uh, and but the fact that you are affiliated with the university of Miami, the finest institution of higher learning that has ever existed is just one of the many things that I really like about you, Brian, (laughs) you helped us out with the telethon last year, which was awesome. You work with indie artists. You're all about empowering them. Uh, you've uh, participated in the education of a lot of musicians at the university of Miami school of music. You're you're a real one, man. We, you know, this is great. And, um, let me just ask you because you you wear so many different hats in the music industry mm-hmm. on the academic side on the creative side on the business side. What is the thing if I had to pin you down that you're most proud of in terms of the work that you do in the entertainment biz?
3: Well, that's tough. You know, if you had asked me that before I got to the university here, I probably would have said my you know just working uh, directly with artists and uh, helping them achieve their goals. And I still feel that way. But I think there's something about. Artists, so. Right, right. Now I've, cr- I've grown to hate them. Um no. <laughs> oh, no they don't no, give me no. much to love, but, honestly. But, <laughs> but no, there's some there's something about um uh the education part of it that I've really kind of um in the last few years fallen into and sort of uh you know, there, there, there's something about seeing young artists figuring it out while they're figuring out life in some ways that um is uh, I don't know. It's it's rewarding. It's it's. I learn a lot. You know, there's so many things that I thought I'd figured out before I got here, and and now when I talk to 18 to 22 year olds, it's a total. You know, I found, I found out the world is totally different, and um, you know, I I I really enjoy it.
0: Well, that's one of the funniest things about working in music schools is. And I've seen it time and time again because the music industry moves so fast, especially on the business side, and things are changing so quickly. It's really so common for the students to often know more about some of today's music industry concepts than the teachers do because they're working, you know, correct, you know, with the with today's models, whether it's independent distributing distribution companies or social media platforms or auctioning off your day-to-day decisions on Nunu, like the, it's the young people that know this stuff. And so I would imagine in a music school, you're learning just as much as the, uh, from the kids is vice versa.
3: Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, when I got here, I, I, my limited knowledge of TikTok was that people just did dances and copied each other. Um, you know, and now a whole new world has opened up since I've been here, with some of our students and some of them to gone on to do amazing things on that platform, and you know, I, I learned it through their eyes, through them, which was great. You know, um, somewhat the same for Twitch in some ways. Yeah. Well,
0: so Elisa's really the one to talk to about TikTok. If she, if yeah, she, she's getting the followers. Man, people are down with whatever she's doing. Um, well, amazing.
1: <laughs> it's it's by virtue of the fact that I played a a villainess who was a content creator cult leader. And somehow that seemed Ooh. to have resonated with the Gen Z generation that is on TikTok. There seemed to have been a little bit it. of an overlap yeah. there. And, and they, they, they found me.
3: Yeah. Well, as as the kids will say, I am totally here for your journey on that. So I'll have to check that out. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds cool. Do you
2: feel seen
0: right now? Um, very very very, well speaking of teaching us stuff one of the reasons and really the main reason why we needed you here is because i just spent the last segment talking about nfts and explaining it very poorly because i don't really know what the hell is going on so we brought you here so you can help explain this to (laughs) us So the first nft question i have for you and for all the folks watching and
3: listening what the hell are nfts Well, I can handle that one at least, um, you know, although I did, I don't know if you saw this, but I don't know if you uh, saw the left sets letter today on on FTUs, which I thought was pretty timely, but I think he he called it uh, nothing more than air. So, (laughs) so, um, you know, that's his opinion. Um, Non fungible tokens. So what does fungible mean? You know, something that's interchangeable, you know, that we can that we can trade out, right? So Dollar bills are fungible in a sense, right? They have the same value, although they're, you know, they, they definitely have their own um, stamped code on them. Stuff like that is is changeable. Uh, non-fungible just means that you know you can't change it once it's quote unquote minted. That's forever what it is going to be. Um, so non-fungible tokens are a sort of currency on. Um, blockchain platform in most cases it's um, ethereum um, it's generally what we're talking about these days although there's there's others and those are you can think of it I like to think of it as almost like a vessel right so so the digital art piece that you may create for example to go on your non-fungible token that's not what isn't changeable it's it's the it's the entirety of what that collectible thing put together is right? You know so that's a non-fungible token meaning once you've put together a collection of things that you are going to then in turn put on the blockchain for someone to purchase then it's minted and it can for ne- can forever not be changed so there's something Is that about a better definition yeah
0: so, or, so there's least... something about sort of the digitization of art that's happened in the last 20 years that has that you know that's made art less non-fungible, right? Like, you know, you can right. take a song and make instantaneously billions of copies of that and spread it throughout the universe or a, a picture or pretty much any work of art in the digital world can be copied thousands of times. And so NFTs sound like a way to bring non-fungibility, to bring uniqueness, to bring like, this is the one original first edition, you know, sense of collectability back to art, even though art is digital now.
3: Yeah, I think I think that is it, and I think also you made a good point earlier in your uh, definition was that I made like one you know, good point once, segment. I'm just, <laughs> that's pretty, that
0: that might be one more than I would have expected.
3: <laughs> no, you you definitely did. Was it was that you know once you've minted this NFT, um, you know you can also set up. It's generally about ten percent, but that can change depending on whether you're using an open source or not. Um, where when that revenue is then passed on from whoever purchased it in the first place, then you can get some of that money back or at least a percentage of it, right? Some of that value out of it, Um, which is also an interesting thing because we talk about, you know, a lot of people like to do the comparison of art, you know, and, you know, there's there's, there's so many copies of the Mona Lisa, but only one Mona Lisa. But, you know, DaVinci really didn't make any money off of it as he would today <laughs> if somebody actually sold it, where you can actually make money for for the rest of time, I guess, in a sense um, from your one NFT. Yeah.
1: That would be an ideal situation if the wild west of this stuff hadn't already started ripping people's art from social media, tokenizing, and then trying to sell it back <laughs> to mm-hmm. them like people did with domain names back in the Very day. Very much like, so. Yeah. Which is, I've seen so many visual artists being retweeted in my timeline being like Somebody replied to their cool piece of art That they shared for self-promotion And they're like, hey, yoink This is now a yep. thing now And they're like, I did not consent To this at all And it's apparently happening right. a lot Which is scary
0: So the law needs to catch up to this itself. It right. sounds...
1: And they may
3: pay it <laughs> Law <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have to play You kill yeah.
1: yeah. the
0: an people
3: There's it's all kinds
0: of law <laughs> You betray the law!
3: <laughs> law. There we go
0: Somebody said the word loss. We have to play that stupid clip from Judge Dredd. All right. So, I mean, yeah. Love it. I'm a big fan of concrete, specific kind of examples. Um, Can you sort of maybe come up with a hypothetical Mm -hmm. or maybe a real world example of how an artist could use, could like NFT a work of art so that the viewers and listeners can maybe understand what this might look like for their own work in the future?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, there's been several lately. Um, I happen, I like the Kings of Leon example because they tokenized, if you will, an album. Um, so, you know, it's not just, we, we should say that it's not just digital art, although that was part of theirs, um, but they actually tokenized their album. And that auction is still going on now. So you can actually still participate in it. Um, but, you know, so they created an album um, they also included vinyl in it. And then there were other experiences around it. It's not that different in a sense than, you know, what crowdfunding has been doing for, for years and years, right? You know, creating bundles, creating unique, um, you know, offerings. I remember when I was doing crowdfunding campaigns, one of the most interesting ones uh, always sold was we used to take those. Um, and this, this is the analog version of NFTs. We used to take those disposable cameras and give them to an artist and they would take you know they would use up the camera and while they were in the studio or while they were at home or whatever they were doing and then we'd put it up on the crowdfunding campaign and you would have a unique set of photos when you got that developed um which is if very you can old school. find
2: a cvs to develop yeah.
3: i'm so yeah. glad you yeah. brought.
2: yeah
0: if you that can up. find a cvs right now. that
1: is so cool I, though I, I, had a a, I had a guest
0: idea. on my podcast a couple years ago who did something like that with her crowdfunding campaign and said that it mm-hmm. was the biggest hit of all the different potential goodies that she was offering. And, you know, and so ever since I've heard that, I have you know, brought that up to other creators as a great thing to add to your crowdfunding. Because you always want to find something for your crowdfunding campaign that's going to be <laughs> something that your fans are really going to want, that's not going to be a crap ton of work for you. And you know, getting a disposable camera and taking unique pictures that only that fan is going to get and get a unique glimpse into your life, and it's, you know, and it's non-fungible because they're, you know, actual pieces of, you know, photo film or whatever. Like, I, I think that's really, really cool. And that that's sort of like an it has some NFT elements to it.
3: Yeah, very much so. And I think I think that's what you're seeing now. Um, so something like that where you've got a to bundle together. Um, I think the really cool one of the coolest parts of what Kings of Leon did was the uh golden ticket situation. Mm-hmm. So I think they did six golden tickets um which included a vip experience but four of those were lifetime front row tickets to uh i believe any concert or maybe select concerts so um you know if you were lucky enough to get one of those four um i think the band actually held on to a few of them um themselves to give out to fans and things like that but if you were lucky enough to get into that option then you've got to you know Front row tickets, and next time they put a tour on together, whenever the world comes back, you can sit on the front row, and that's a pretty cool experience. I think that sort of takes it out of that digital world and puts it in real world.
0: Wow, that I I dig that a lot. So let me talk to you now about the outlook for NFTs, because I think as interesting as the conversation about NFTs is, I find equally interesting just the completely. Opposing views that exist on Twitter right now about where this is going. All right, we have plenty of folks who are in the yeah. the pro NFT camp who think that there's potential here, who think that this can be empowering for creators, and then you have the folks like uh, the article you talked about that think that this is just <laughs> nonsense. That we are that that we are selling people nothing, and the only people that are going to make money on this long term are the folks that are just duping others to take these meaningless assets and you know this is eventually just going to ruin people's lives and you know create a bunch of worthless nothing just vapor uh, wh- where are you kind of sure. in that camp
3: you know i i i think it's uh a little bit early to uh really you know kind of down you know really really talk bad about it all i think there are some good things happening um i do think it's early days um you know, you know. Again, I, I like to, for my knowledge base, compare the real world examples. And I remember a few years ago here in Miami at Art Basel, when somebody duct taped a banana up to <laughs> a wall, and I forgot which how much they paid for it, but it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if I'm not mistaken. So I think you're always going to have that element, you know. And if somebody is a collector, um, and even with the uh, the the Blau, um, you know, recently. If you know, DJ Blau. He sold. Uh, I think he made like 11.7 million dollars, and the highest token that he sold was like 3.6 million for one token. Um, there's going to be people out there that have money and are going to spend that money to buy things that they consider unique. And whether you think you know a banana taped to a wall is unique or not, who are we to decide? You know. Um, however, there is a real pushback against um, NFTs right now because of the energy use. And there's been a lot of, you know, um, articles and discussions about that. And the fact that, you know, I think it was Grimes, you know, she had a lot of heavy digital artwork in hers. Um, And there was one thing that said, you know, that the amount of energy she used to sell the tokens that, you know, she got 6 million off of could, was more than a small country, you know? Um, And so there's a lot of, you know, those are the things that I think are really concerning at this point. Is can can the, can the marketplaces get it right? Can the blockchains themselves get it right? You know, um, I, th- I think that's a little more concerning than how much somebody is willing to pay for for something ridiculous. <laughs>
1: you know? Yeah, I think
3: I'd we're... love to sell something ridiculous. <laughs> oh, on,
1: fully, fully. <laughs> Am I right, trying to make money? Yes. Yeah. But am I also conscious of the kind of like socioeconomic issue about the fact that this requires a certain level of um, digital literacy and access to the kind of computing power to be able to take advantage of this, plus the amount of money to invest in these things in the first place, which means that you are shutting out automatically a majority sort of class of folks. And so it's like the same folks that are going to be into art collecting and buying that, you know, single... Wu-Tang album, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All of those folks are going to be putting their money in and making their money. But it's, I don't necessarily know how democratized this platform actually is in terms of empowering your average everyday person. So that's, that's where I am on
3: that. I I 100% (laughs) agree with you. And I think it just remains to be seen, you know, obviously for something to scale, you're going to want to include, and I sure hope that they include independent artists in this and the way you can, you know, participate. Because right now it's not cheap to to mine an NFT. You know, there's Mm -hmm. definitely some upfront costs. Um, There's some marketplaces that are letting you do things for free. Um, But, you know, you've still got to get a digital wallet together. You've still got to do, you know, a Coinbase trade-in for money value. You know, there's a lot of things you have to do, and those things cost money. Um, you know, I would like to see what can become of it. I don't think it's a, it's a horrible thing right now where we just should shut this down. Um, you know, I'd like to see the networks, you know, figure out the energy issue first. And then also, like you said, see what, see what independent artists can do. There's probably going to be, you know, if, if it's allowed to, you know, continue on and there's a good environment for it, there's probably going to be an Amanda Palmer in here somewhere that, you know, makes a name as an indie artist, for doing something creative and unique on on you know this platform
0: you know it's platform. only a matter of time before amanda palmer shows up oh in my this
3: God. It's just, it's, right it's, it's gonna if she, in the, if she in the waiting room <laughs> amanda palmer ladies and
1: gentlemen
0: now um brian you make us smarter every time i get to talk to you we really appreciate you showing up before we let you go one last question do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward
3: yeah. Um, Thank God. One I'll a really say bad is um, if, if, if if you're thinking about um, you know doing the smoky eye on Nunu, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily you know I think you need to wait a, wait a bit on that depending on who you are. Um, no, I, I you know for indie artists for for artists at all levels, um, I feel like we're getting so inundated with things now um, NFTs clubhouse hangouts I mean you know it's it's and I always try to tell students that I work with and independent artists and everybody that you know the one thing that hasn't changed is the 24 hours in a day and so um you know I find myself you know at the end of the night wow should I jump on this clubhouse you know hang and see what's going on and I'd love to and then I realize well wait a minute you know there's I haven't even so (laughs) I just feel like time management and and uh some you know a little bit of sense of wellness is a good thing um, you know because it, it it doesn't feel like there's there's a there's a shrinking amount of things that artists can participate in and be involved in and, and also learn about and master for their career so I think the time management thing is the one that I try to always emphasize. love it
0: Brian, thank you so much for being on this week. this was absolutely tremendous.
3: Thank you It was great to meet you all great to see you Ryan. Well, Thank you so much. Don't for be having. a
0: stranger. We're going to have you on again.
1: Uh, okay. as, as
0: many times as you're willing to let us
3: bother.
1: We you. saw cats in the shot, so you're definitely coming back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, I'm surprised they didn't show up.
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that guy's great. I, you know, he's. I, I've gotten to work with him on a bunch of different projects, and obviously, he, he works with the U, so we get to hang out a lot. And he's just he's just really smart. Uh, he talks good, smart too. He does talk good. It smart. does talk good. He smart. does talk good. Smart. Before we go, before mm. we sign off, there is a a minor, uh, you know, up and coming music award show that is airing S- this weekend. Is something happening this weekend? Some some kind of gramophone music festival or something it's like, like related
1: that. Related to? We don't
2: use gramophones anymore.
1: Hmm.
0: But I'm surprised it's not called the Spotify Music Awards. <laughs> it's getting there.
2: It's only a matter of time.
0: Give, get it there. Uh, but yeah, the Grammys are coming up this weekend. Um, I, you know, performers are. We got Bad Bunny's going to be there. Cardi B, me. Doja Cat, Dua Lipa, Chris Martin, Silk John Sonic. Mayer. Uh, who? Silk, Silk Sonic. Sonic. Ryan. Silk Sonic.
1: Ryan. Oh my God! Oh, you just Ryan. made that name up. You Stop the show! Oh my, no, you're not no, going
0: to trick me and be like, "Oh yeah, I want to learn no, more about Silk Sonic." me." I'm
1: actually kind of mad you didn't bring this up as a topic. Like, I'm surprised, kind of shocked,
0: actually. Enlighten me. Who is Silk Silk Sonic? Silk Sonic <sighs> is
2: Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack in the studio with Bootsy Collins. Wow! Wow! Yeah, wow. they just dropped a single
0: last week. It is, uh, and
1: everything that you think could happen from that union oh oh heavens it's so
2: good and they're going it's to be so playing good. the gramophone awards they are playing the gramophone awards oh, man. spotify prevents the
0: gramophones <laughs> that's okay all right i'm on board i'm excited about that
1: please look up silks on oh my gosh oh my it's God, so good Ryan.
0: so here's one of the things i thought was cool about the telecast evan is that they are intending to pay tribute to something that you love, independent venues. They're uh, oh. they are going to—so some of the bartenders and box office managers at, at places like the Troubadour and the Hotel Cafe and the Apollo Theater are going to present some of the categories. So this is all That's about cool. trying to empower— Yeah. Here's what I'm worried about. My favorite thing about the Grammys is the collabs, is, you know— artist like, in so one exotic. genre working with a com- artist in a completely different yes. genre doing a piece together are we still going to be able to do that with pandemic and you know is it a live
2: show in a room with people in it like i i, I don't think- know how they're going to be presenting it if it's anything like the golden globes then i don't i don't know what to expect from this show at all i think yeah. it's going to
0: be golden globey
1: okay in terms think of it's how the they set of pre- it up.
2: Re- like, a lot of pre-recorded performances, maybe? It
1: could be. And There's and, no
2: reason to do it live. Like, right. you should pre-record all of
1: it Yeah, stuff. and if you have enough... I mean, if you have enough <laughs> you time, two-week quarantine, regular testing, some soundstage stuff can still happen, I guess.
0: But that seems like a lot of logistics to be able to get, you know, the, the Eminem, Elton John performance, you know, getting like... You know, it's one thing to get two very different artists in very different genres which my favorite thing about the grammys playing together under normal circumstances in a live theater but when you tell them okay we're gonna get you guys together but you have to uh quarantine for 14 days and we're gonna you know you gotta no, you gotta do all this get, stuff and you gotta get vaccinated like i don't know if they're still gonna be able to do the same cool collabs that they always do with the grammys Dude, the, the nfl played
2: what 25 games this season they'll be fine you can yeah. put them in a room like every you can get rapid tests for everybody and just throw them in a room and it'll be great like RuPaul's Drag Race has been filming this whole time. That's
1: true. Have they really? Yeah, they yeah. had. a They had. They they filmed their whole season under under quarantine. Everybody looked like they were bank tellers with the plexiglass shields yeah. between them.
2: Great. No, they could they could do a, a big big theater show. I just man, I don't know. They should totally pre record it and go live to Silk Sonic. Who yeah. cares? Like, yeah, it's Silk Sonic. Quink,
1: quink. You know, like how 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 like the tiny desks are like like the quarantine oh. tiny desks are the most like overproduced right. things now and completely some defeat them, the purpose of the tiny desk. Some of them of the are so desks. depressing, that, man. So, Yeah.
0: That's the problem with pre-recording the performances is these, you let them pre-record the performances and the directors involved aren't going to be able to help themselves and they're going to make it look like it was shot by, you know, Fellini. It's going to have like <sighs> impossible camera angles and like crane cam- and, like and you're going to know it's not live and it's going to take the magic out of it. It, it, you know because if, yeah, if i'm just watching not pre-recorded in, performances i could watch those on youtube but you're not going to do it
2: in front of a live audience i mean you could do a live show in front of nobody kind of like the golden globes like that's fine i i just uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how about that it, yeah and you should have really listened to that
0: silk sonic track Please. by now oh my god i, I, I can't believe i don't <laughs> Why know who that is and, and, and really it's just the beginning of like an emerging trend in music that frustrates me because i work in music and every and so i want to like be up on all the stuff in the industry and every year they show me the list of the best new artist album of the year song of the year record of the year and every year more and more of the names are completely unfamiliar to me and i don't like it
1: we have an easy fix i mean we're not trying to like shout out like other people's shows on the show but um the hardest working Man in music business today has got to be um, Anthony Fantano. And his New Music Friday show has been instrumental in keeping me relatively youthful. Um, because he will basically just post on Twitter every Friday, Hey, what new music should I listen to? And his entire community just submits songs and then he goes through all of the new releases of the week does live reactions and i discover so much new music that way um it it, uh, it keeps me young it's like doing a crossword you know it keeps me sharp <laughs> musically so you know just uh just uh look up the needle drop the and, needle uh, drop
2: ryan you're free friday nights i know
1: he'll keep you young.
0: accurate <laughs> <laughs> um so commenter writes in don't feel too bad ryan i had that with billy eilish didn't know who she was until the previous Grammys, and boy, if you didn't know who she was before the Grammys, the Grammys must have been weird for you, because she swept the big four categories. Yeah, you know, which, you know, here's the list of the people that have done that: Billy Irish, Eilish, Christopher Cross. End of list. <laughs> it's really go Christopher. Yeah, Cross, like, yeah Christopher Cross in there, right? Making it happen. does
1: take you away to where you want to go. Good for you. <laughs>
0: And so, like, yeah, if, if you had no idea who she was and then she just dominates your Grammys, that's got to be jarring for you. Uh, I do know who Billie Eilish is. She's uh, tremendous. and just, yeah. But she frustrates me, too, but for a different reason. Just the idea that somebody that young can be capable of that kind of depth. How could you possibly lived enough at that age to be capable of that kind of introspection in your music? Like, good lord.
2: Yeah. Like... But anyway I, I, go I listen re-
0: to Silk Sonic though come on Silk Sonic
2: wait <laughs> who
1: who who are, who are we looking forward to what 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 are the names we recognize Taylor <laughs> Swift
0: year. Taylor Swift for oh. sure uh, John Mayer apparently showing up he's going to play Chris Martin's going to play oh. um, Billie Eilish I know who Dua Lipa and Doja Cat are uh, yeah. mainly just from you know TikTok that's uh, TikTok does keep you young keep TikTok yes. You, I know more about music than I would have otherwise because of TikTok, and I will often find music on TikTok before it hits the radio, and I'll be like, oh, the TikTok song on the radio, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, how about that? Oh,
2: <laughs> well, there's more than, than 60 seconds to it. Cool. Sometimes well, okay. there's not, Man. which is even cooler. I'm,
0: I'm, yeah. like, have you ever noticed that where it's like you, you'll hear a song in its entirety on the radio after only hearing 60 seconds of it at tick, on TikTok and then being like, oh, cool, here's the rest of the song. I don't like it as much as the 60 seconds. Uh
1: huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the bridge isn't as good as the rest of this. I yeah. uh, didn't need a bridge. <laughs> happens. Uh, yeah, wait, all, is all Mare up for anything? Is he just performing? Or is he performing? Uh, don't know. I've only looked up the big four categories. I didn't see his name in there anyway, but Taylor Swift, well represented. She's probably going to win Album of the Year again because she, oh, yeah. she made a double album in some log cabin somewhere and is going to win all the Grammys Yeah. because okay. she's a national treasure. And, and you know how the music industry is with the Grammys. Like the she's now the veteran, right? And so all the old fart Grammy voters are going to shower her with all the awards because they don't want to try to figure out who the heck uh you know Doja Cat is. Doja Cat, <laughs> right. So they like, so it's be Do- Taylor- what? I'm just giving this to Taylor Swift.
2: So Taylor Swift presents Spotify presents the Gramophone Awards.
0: <laughs> exactly right. Okay. Uh well, I'm excited to watch, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, watch party. Let's get together. Let's, let's watch it. You know, text I text mean, 100% me about crazy stuff down. that you see. Let's do it. All right. Uh, my, our thanks to Brian Wilkins uh, for being absolutely awesome. My thanks to you guys. Love you guys it was tremendously. Cool. Yeah. This, was, this was great stuff. We'll see you all, all next week on Break the Business. Thank you so much for watching slash listening.